0: my idea is very global it's not just about highlighting women in music it's about growing a community of women that are leaders
1: welcome to the female entrepreneur musician podcast with Bree noble Hey, how's it going? This is Bree Noble, and I want to thank you for tuning in to the Female Entrepreneur Musician Podcast, where we help you learn to make great music, to connect with your audience, and to grow your business. I've got a great interview coming up with Victoria Boyington. She has created the California Women's Music Festival, and this is in its second year. And so I talked to her a lot about what it took to create the festival, how she gets sponsors, how she gets artists, and, you know, all that just goes into putting something like that together and where she came up with the idea and, you know, what she really wants to accomplish with it for for community, and for the community of female artists. But first, I want to remind you of a few things. First of all, go out and grab our free resource, which is 19 Proven Sources of Income That You Probably Haven't Considered for Your Music Business. And this is something I personally put together from things that have helped me throughout my career and other people that I know well, and I know these things work. So, and there are a lot of things that you might not have considered or different angles that you can take on things that you are already doing. So go check that out at femusician.com. That's for female entrepreneur musician.com. Femusician.com. Grab that free gift right now. And I want you to remind you that we are giving away a free month of the Female Musician Academy to one lucky winner who has given us a review on iTunes, and we're gonna draw that by random, and I'm gonna read that review right now after I announce the name. But I'm gonna be doing that again at the beginning of October. So please get your reviews in by going to iTunes, either on your computer, or you can do it on your mobile device. If you search for us in the search, search for female entrepreneur musician, bring that up, and then click right next to where it says details, the next tab is ratings and reviews. Click on that and then click write a review. And all you have to do is just write a couple of lines saying what you think about the show and you will be entered into the contest to win. So here is the review and the information about our winner for September. So our winner is the woman whose iTunes handle is Talking Annie. So Talking Annie Please contact me at brie at femusician.com, and I will set you up with your free month of the Female Musician Academy. Now, here's what Talkin' Annie says about the podcast. She's referring to a specific episode with Jessie Lee Cates called How to Get into the Music Industry Without Losing Your Identity with Jessie Lee Cates. And she says, I really love this podcast episode with Jessie Lee Cates. Lots of really practical info on this podcast. So thanks again, Talkin' Annie, for your review. It is so helpful to us because it helps people understand who are the right people to listen to this show, and it just helps us with our iTunes ratings. So go out and give us a review on iTunes, and now we will get straight to our interview with Victoria Boyington. I'm going to tell you a little bit about her. Victoria Boyington is a singer-songwriter, musician, and the director of the Northern California Women's Music Festival a nonprofit music festival in its second year, taking place this year on October 23rd and 24th in Modesto, California. She has been nominated for a Modesto Area Music Award for the past two years for her band Callbox, which is a folk blues band, and she also has a children's music band called the Silly String Band. Victoria has a BA in psychology with an emphasis in language development, from University of California, Santa Cruz. Previously an early Head Start teacher, Victoria is now a special education teacher in Ceres, California. Now here's my interview with Victoria Boyington. So that's a little bit about Victoria. So Victoria, is there anything that you want to tell our audience that's maybe a little bit more personal that's not in your bio?
0: Oh goodness!, uh, I guess just that i I love music, and um, I've been singing since I was a little kid. It was something that I did when I was young that would just uh, take me out of situations. i my background is i I didn't have the easiest of childhood, but i I loved music, and that just brought me through. So, um, yeah, that's a little bit more personal. So how, so how did you get started in music? Um, well, you mean like playing in front of people and, uh, cause well, I, how did
1: you, how did you first get interested in music? And then how did that translate into playing in front of people?
0: Okay. So I was, I've been interested in music since I was a little, little kid. So, um, my mom listened to a lot of like eighties rock and Pat Benatar and Linda Rodstadt and Fleetwood Mac and ABBA you know I was born in 76 so a lot of that music was just around me and I sang all the time as a little kid I sang opera music I sang anything that was on the radio I would sing it so um, that translated to being in choir as a young adult um, and then from those experiences I kind of took a break from anything to be a mom and to go to school. And I studied psychology um, at the University of California, Santa Cruz. And I continued to dance and I continued to be in theater uh, classes, but I was kind of quiet for a little while. And then I started doing children's music and my my children started taking classes from an organization called Music Music Together. And I started playing guitar then, and I delved really deeply into folk music. And I just couldn't get enough of that. And I was getting a lot of compliments from my neighbors and from just people in general and and a lot of encouragement. And so I started playing more seriously children's music, um, specifically for my kids. And then in 2007, I came from Santa Cruz back to Modesto and I jumped right into my first punk band and um huh, that's quite a change yeah that was quite a change but it was similar because they had at the root of that punk music they still a lot of the guys I was playing with they still had that folk music driven side of them so um in the songwriting process our songs were really broken down to just bare bones but then we would grade them to you know an actual punk rock song so um that was my first actual band experience where i was in a real band and we played shows around modesto and we had lots of great feedback the the band was very focused on like we had songs like the walking dead and that kind of stuff and this is before walking dead became a big deal we were mm. of texts. and uh that came from a specific book that i don't remember right at the moment but um <laughs> But yeah, that, that was a very neat experience and, um, I enjoy, I still play some of the music from that band just because it's upbeat and it's really fun to play. People like it. I definitely have a liking for punk music still. So Hmm.
1: now I have to go back a little bit for
0: personal reasons. Did you grow up in Modesto? No, no, I didn't. I was born in El Paso, Texas, Okay, Um, much further away from here. (laughs) And then I moved all over the place. I've lived in North Carolina. I've lived in Missouri. I've lived in Southern California, in Arizona, in Utah. Um, And my parents were not in the military. We just just had a lot of movement as a kid. Wow. So how did you end up in Modesto? You said you went back to Modesto. Did you have family there or... No, I actually didn't have family here. I, I had friend, friendships that I had made here when I originally came to Modesto back in like 92, 90, no, 93, 94. And I was not in the best of situations in life. And some of those friends helped me leave a horrible situation. And so I I moved from Santa Cruz to Modesto just because, one, it was cheaper to live here. <laughs> For sure. Connections here already because I I went to MJC and I transferred to UC Santa Cruz and so I I had a network of people that could help me here. Yeah, and at that time yeah. my mom was living in Southern California and the rest of my family in El Paso, so it was just not feasible to leave and go there. Mm. <laughs>
1: now, I, so I don't know if you know this, but I grew up in Modesto. Well, I, I lived there since eighth grade, and so that was kind of where I got my music start. You know, I was in all the choirs at Downey High School and. I probably, we probably have mutual friends that went to MJC when you were there because I graduated in 90. So, um, yeah, it's Modesto is actually, I mean, for being a, just kind of a random central valley town, it's, it's kind of a music hotspot in a way, like there's just a lot of people doing music. And, and so I I thought it was really interesting it a
0: long time, you know? Um, Yes. Yeah. Oh, go ahead.
1: Yeah. So we'll have to talk later about people we may know, (laughs) but (laughs) But um, yeah, if people don't know they're listening to this, Modesto is like the middle of the Central Valley in California. So um, it's it's not like it's San Francisco or Southern California, but there is a good amount of music going on there. And we'll talk a little bit more about how Victoria is increasing that in Modesto in a minute. But first I want to ask, is is music your main thing or is it? are you considered a full-time musician or are you doing this on the side and you have another main job?
0: Yeah, um, yeah. I, I guess I am I, not that person that's playing out every single night of the week um, because I write original music and most of the bands Modesto that are like, you know, paid bands where they they get paid and they play out. And I have lots of friends that do do that. Um, they are cover bands. They They play cover music. They very rarely play original music, but some of them do. There's there's a few of them out there that do play original music as well but um mine i i pretty much stay away from playing covers i play some covers that nobody's heard of so a lot of people probably think that some of those are mine but mm-hmm. <laughs> um i don't play out every night of the week i i am a teacher i just landed my first teaching job and i'm a i'm in special ed and so i'm a resource specialist and um being a first year teacher, I definitely, I'm not going to gig out every night of the week, but we do, we do take some gigs and they're good and we always get really good response. And as my music has grown and I've gotten much better at uh, delivering my music, um, I feel that it's now, now is like the time for me to record all that. So I'm working Mm. on that. That's awesome. And so we have a lot of people listening that are
1: probably in a similar situation to you. They have a full-time job. They're trying to be doing music on the side. And, you know, you've been doing this since 2007, doing music on the side. Can you talk a little bit about maybe some times where you just got frustrated and you were struggling and you just thought, I'm just going to give up this music thing forever? And what kept you going and what have you learned out of those experiences? What, how has that made today um you know, your career much stronger?
0: Well, I think, uh, on the downside of things, it's just when you write music and maybe people don't respond to it as quickly as you'd like them to. And I think it takes time to really season your music and, and to play it for so many ears that, and I, and you know, because i don't play every night of the week i don't have that ability to hit everybody all the time so some people have heard my music a little to the point now where enough people have heard my music that they like certain songs and um, i notice certain ones just resonate with them but the downside for me is just getting into a studio and getting something that's radio quality so I, I i don't think it's good for me to put something out that's not good quality you know i could make a home recording and do that. But I just feel like once I, once I get my music out there, it's your brand and you want it to be the best that you have. So that's been my biggest challenge is, you know, having to wait, (laughs) having to wait when you know that you've got a bunch of songs that are, that are really good and that people respond to, and then not being able to get a finished product. Right. But I assume
1: that you've been playing these songs over time and you've kind of figured out which ones people respond to. And then, you know, which ones you want to go on the record when you get there. Right. You're yeah. not just oh yeah going out and like recording every single song, not not having, you know, shown it in front of people to see the response.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's a few songs that in the beginning I used to play that I don't play as often anymore. They're still there, but they're but I I've seen better response from other songs that I've written. And so, yeah, those are definitely the ones. And now I have a collection of those. And when I play a show, I'm usually playing the ones that had the best response from large numbers of people. So, yeah, at this point now I have a good collection of them enough to have a good set and enough to, you know, make an actual album out of. But, yeah, I want my album to be the best that I have. So, yeah, I wouldn't just put everything on there. (laughs) Right. I think it's an important lesson for
1: people to not just as soon as you write songs, go out and record them. It's good to go and get some feedback first.
0: Oh, definitely. Because, you know, in the beginning, when you're first songwriting, you're just writing to write. And not every song that you write is gold. I'm sure that's true for, you know, Taylor Swift. I'm sure that's true for Kate Bush. I'm sure it's true for any seasoned musician. They probably have lots of songs that they've written that they're never going to record. Definitely.
1: So on top of doing the music and being a teacher, you are also putting on the second annual Northern California Women's Music Festival. And so I want to find out all about this festival. Obviously, Women of Substance has been involved in that. We are, you know, working with you guys with a joint sponsorship kind of thing. And so, you know, I love what you guys are doing. And I want to find out, first of all, what gave you the idea to start this thing? how did you think, I mean, does it seem just like a monumental task to do this festival and, you know, how did you get people on board to help on your board? And, and it just, it amazes me that you're doing this and I would love to hear about how it all got started.
0: It started just as an idea that I had, I was, I've, I have eight kids. So I, Oh my gosh, really? Yeah. (laughs) And I've been pregnant seven times. So one of my children is not my own. Um, she's my stepdaughter, but, um, in my seventh pregnancy, I was kind of bedridden for a little while. I had different complications. Each time you get pregnant, it's a new journey. So, but that particular pregnancy was harder on my body. I'm older, so <laughs> I don't, you know, take it the same way. And so for a period of time, I was just in the bed and I wasn't allowed to just get up and do whatever I wanted. So, I spent a lot of time trying to find quality things to watch. (laughs) There happened to be this one documentary on uh, feminism and music specifically. And they highlighted uh, the women who created some women labels. And I I don't have all of those labels and women in my head at the moment, but I remember it it just was really profound to me. They had started in the 70s the National Women's Music Festival. And they had also started some women-run labels, some magazines, and it just showed the progression over time. And, and then it showed some clips from Gloria, Gloria Steinem, and uh, her words are just really powerful to me. Um, they, are, they resonate still with women today. I think women can really relate to just a lot of her can statements. She's really good at coming up with some little one-liners and, um, that are meaningful. And so they showed some clips of Lilith Fair and I I remember that concert. I was pregnant and going to school and having kids at that time. So I didn't get to go. And I always was really sad that I didn't get to go. And I started thinking about it, you know, because you're in bed. <laughs> yeah. You have no place else to go. So you just think. And I was like, man, it really is a bummer that nobody's done that since, you know, we ha- They had like a good three or four years, and it just didn't happen again. And so I started looking around and searching the internet for women's festivals in California. There aren't in here. And if there are, I didn't know about them. And so I was thinking about it, and I'm like, man, I live in Northern California, and I want to start a women's music festival. And the central idea would be to create community and and solidarity among women musicians and bring them together and give them a festival where they can let their music be heard by other women (laughs) and so that's where the idea came from and yes it was monumental i held on to that idea for years i didn't with it i had the idea in 2009 and then we finally got our nonprofit status back in 2014. So I sat on it for a while.
1: So you got your nonprofit status in 2014 and how did you find people for your board? Um, I,
0: I chose them very carefully, uh, because as I was saying, uh, I found it very difficult to find people that I can trust. And so at, in the very, very beginning I was, I didn't share the idea with anybody. And I just held on to it. I mean, my husband knew about the idea and he thought it was a great idea. And he kept encouraging me to develop it more and um, just kind of hone it in. And so I chose my very closest friends in the community that I trusted. And a lot of those people are still a part of this, of this board today. Um, a few of them have had to step down because of just family issues um, that – that have drawn their attention away from our festival, but the core members are still here and I I feel very lucky to have them. Um, It's always good to have a good core people, community of people that you trust. So that's where I found my board members. And then since then I've reached out to other people in the community that have a vested interest in creating a positive Modesto. Because there's mm. stuff out there. Modesto hasn't always been in the news for good things. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> so there are a, there's a group of us that are very interested in making sure that, that we keep Modesto positive and that we uh, create an environment here that you know, where people want to live here and people enjoy it. And people come together to do that through music and arts and culture. So we're lucky to have those people. In our community,
1: yeah, I think that's a great mission, and obviously, want we want to um, dispel the cloud that Scott Peterson put over Modesto, <laughs> him <laughs> and, and, and other <laughs> and other things. <laughs> uh, yes, exactly. but it is a really great community, and I I love that the um the festival is actually in Modesto. Um, you would think that something like this would be in you know San Francisco or something, and I hope a lot of people will come from outside Modesto to go to it because the, the artists that you guys have are really great. I mean, and so I wanted to hear about what artists did you have for 2014? I haven't looked at your, um, any information from last year. I know you, who, who you have this year, but how did you find the artists last year? And you know, what kind of a, a turnout did you have and how did people respond?
0: Well, last year I didn't have any national acts. I did have one international acts and that was the vortex tribe. And they had been all over the place. And Deborah Yates, She's played everywhere and, and she's a wonderful uh flutist and and she's she came here from Santa Cruz. Um and I can't remember where she is from originally, but um, but she had just moved to Santa Cruz at that time and she contacted me and really wanted to be uh on the roster. And when I listened to her music, it was great. It's like folk music and, and she's got, you know, another woman in her band that plays the bass and it's just full of instrumentation. It was wonderful. So most of the musicians that I got last year were local. And so they were the best of the local music around here and Mm. few from outside of the area. But, um, that's what I had to draw from because last year I started out brand new without a budget. So I just had to kind of build upon that, you know, And so how did you
1: choose the people for this year? And how did you get I mean, you can name off a few of the people that are national artists. You got some some really known names.
0: Yeah. So this year I got Lita Ford and Tracy Bonham and Barbara Dane, who is an amazing folk singer. And she hails all the way back to the 50s. And um, she's legendary. If you look her up, she's played with a lot of people. And she was actually one of my like, I wouldn't say a mentor, but somebody I looked up to and in terms of musicianship and um and style. I had actually covered a lot of her songs. And um so it was really great when she said yes that she was gonna play our festival. And since then I've been able to talk to her on the phone and stuff. And then we have the Dolly Rots and Go Betty Go and Megan Slinkerd. And Megan Slinkard's been around here for a while. A lot of people around here know her. And now I know her. She I thought she was from New York. Is she See, she's from that area. That I don't know. I just know that she won a Modesto uh, area music award one year. Mm. And a lot of people around here have said that she she's been here for a long time. She OK, she's kind of started playing on the streets around here. So if she if she originally is from New York, I don't know that. <laughs> or she could
1: have been in, gone to New York to to do some stuff and then come back and plenty of people do that.
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, and that may be the case. But, um, a lot of people around here know who she is. So, you know, but how did I get those people? Luckily I had some investors and I was able to, and I, that was something new to me. I've never negotiated with, uh, labels and managers and, you know, booking major label people. I've never done that before. So (laughs) it was a matter of selling my festival to the right people. And Mm. the Ford's management was very receptive. And when they pitched the idea to her, she liked it. And so I just, you know, it was a matter of saying the right thing at the right time to the right person and uh, having that taken to the actual artist and them seeing the vision and deciding that they wanted to become a part of it too. And what was your process for getting
1: investors and then
0: sponsors? That just took the footwork, the groundwork. You just have to get out there. And I think having your mission, maybe because I sat on this for so long and I had a lot of time to think about what direction I wanted the festival to go and who would the funding benefit and what, how would it enhance the community. I think because I was able to ask those questions and really ponder them for years I was able to really brew a, you know, a mission statement that resonates with people. Uh, mm. If I hadn't sat on it for so long and didn't have it so well developed, then it could have flopped easily and I wouldn't be able to get anybody interested.
1: <laughs> That's true. And and I think your mission statement to improve the community it really probably resonates with all the locals and that probably helps you get sponsors.
0: Oh, definitely. And and there, in this town, there are a lot of women musicians. There's not as many women working behind the scenes. And my idea is very global. It's not just about highlighting women in music. It's about growing a community of women that are leaders and that want to see something positive happen for themselves in this area. And I think because it That's where it all stems from. It's easier to get people to invest in that because it is a good thing. We do need women. They are a backbone of our community. They make things happen. And and there's a lot of great, strong women out here, but it's great to have more of them and to be building our own. That's awesome
1: that you're in, in touch with that kind of vibe in your community. So how do you advertise
0: the festival and what's been the most effective way of advertising it? Mm. Um, I reached out to everywhere. Like I, I definitely reached out to NPR. They've been really receptive to me and I appreciate Beth Ruiak. She's, she has an interest in our festival and that was a big help last year. She, you know, highlighted our festival and we had a few musicians go on and play. And that was great. The reception from that was great. Um, I've also been able to get the interest of our local paper, the Modesto B and the Modesto View. The Turlock Journal wrote something about us last year and um, and Curve Magazine was really receptive as well. They highlighted a lot of our performers on their online version of their magazine. So that that was great. That Those are all good things. We didn't really have as much radio involvement last year which I wish we would have. But then again, we were in a very small setting last year. We were at the prospect theater and that theater only seats and and not really in seats in seats. There's like 150 chairs, but it's capacity is 213. So we Mm. throughout the night had 180 people come through. So it's not bad for the first time out. I think it was, it was very good. Um, Especially without having like radio involvement where you could blast the whole valley, <laughs> right, and not having right. any like major um, national act to draw people in. That was just purely based on the local artists bringing in people from the community. Now, did where is it this year? Because it seemed like
1: maybe it changed locations.
0: Yes. So this year we um, we originally wanted to block off 11th Street in front of the Fat Cat and Tricetti's mm, downtown, okay. and I. I still would love to do that, but the weather is really unpredictable. (laughs) And it's going to October, especially the end of October, I think we have a local uh Halloween type summoning festival thing that happens in Modesto and they got rained out. And I don't wanna deal with that. I don't wanna I don't wanna have to deal with, you know, pouring a lot of money into blocking off the street and then having having it just Go to heck because of the rain, so we had a we had a change up. So we're still going to have our three stages during the day that will be all ages, but one of the stages will be inside the Fat Cat, and that's downtown in Modesto on Eleventh Street. The other stage, which was always planned, is going to be inside the Barking Dog, and it it is a great little place where um, a lot of jazz musicians play. They have like a jazz jam once a week there. And we've put on a lot of shows there. It's a very nice place to to play. And then there is um, another stage inside a Trissetti's and that will be the acoustic stage. Ooh, that sounds fun. Yeah. I so like they'll Trisetti's. have three stages to, you know, rotate through. And then we have a couple of workshops and they haven't fully been announced yet, but Tracy Bonham is going to teach a mommy and me kind of music class. And then she's also going to teach an older version of that uh, for older kids. And so those two workshops are going to be offered. Emma back, she's going to teach. She sings out loud um, after Tracy's two workshops. And then we're going to have an art workshop for our kids. So there are a few things that still haven't yet been announced. And then, of course, there's the main stage in the evening from 5 to 11, and that that will have Lita Ford, Tracy Bonham, Barbara Dane, uh, the Dolly Dollyrots, Go Betty Go, and um, and Megan Slankard And then we just we just added one other person. Gosh, I, and her the name completely leaves me. But she's a country artist, and they're on Access TV, and they have a show, and so they're going to be playing as well. And I'm excited because their music is really good. But on Friday That's night, awesome. we're having an opening teaser. So on October 23rd, we're doing comedy, poetry, and uh, and a little bit of music. And so that goes from 7 to 11. And that'll be Friday night. And uh, that show has Cameron Esposito, Glory Magana, um, Calico, which is a country band from down in Southern California. I know Calico. They're friends
1: of mine. In fact, one of them was our... Um... Was our headliner for one of our showcases in Southern California?
0: Oh, very cool, yes, yeah, they nice and um and and they're very good, and they're very talented, so it's it's good to have a variety of different things going on so that it, it draws more people in and it gives people a choice as to what they want to do. I'm excited to have Cameron Esposito. she's hilarious, she's smart, she's witty, she's funny, and we're just lucky to have her coming to Modesto, mm, yeah. That's that's so cool. I mean, I'm amazed at the people you've been able to draw for this.
1: So what have you found that is the best way to promote this and to attract people to the idea and to get new fans online? Like, is there a certain platform that works best for you?
0: Oh, well, Facebook works good. Instagram works great. Twitter works really good, too. Uh, when I went down to Nam, making those kinds of connections with different people, that's where I was able to get in touch with Rock and Roll, the Rock and Roll Industries magazine. And I pitched mm. the idea to someone there and they really liked it. And so they put an ad in their, in their actual publication. Yeah, just reaching out to people and talking to them. I think the, the place that I found it most difficult to get in is in San Francisco. Mm. Um, I, I have not gotten any response from hardly anybody there, like, you know, or Santa Cruz, for instance, cause we had a few people that came from those areas. So I tried to reach out to their local media, but maybe they don't know. And maybe, you know, Northern California women's music festival doesn't sound like it's something that is for them. A lot of people would say, well, that's not happening in my town. So why is that important? Right. You know, to me. But, you know, I'd have to just, and I've figured out that you just sell it that, well, actually it does involve you because you are part of Northern California. But now in this coming year, we've gotten a name change was granted uh, through the state and our nonprofit name will now change to California Women's Music Festival. So there is no reason that anyone should say that it doesn't involve them because it encompasses the whole state. (laughs)
1: Yeah. And I think you could reach out to Sacramento and Fresno and, you know, there's some big, big metropolitan areas there that it's not very far.
0: I've met a lot of people from Sacramento that are very interested in bringing our festival there. And we we don't have any problem with the idea of having it be a little bit mobile. It doesn't always have to occur in Modesto. Um, We can definitely do little satellites in different areas. So it 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 has the potential to expand. And that's a good thing. Okay. I vote for Fresno because
1: that would be an hour for me. That'd be great.
0: (laughs) Next year. Yes.
1: (laughs) Not that I won't come to Modesto. I'm going to try my best since my mom lives there and I have plenty of friends there, but you know. An hour away would be awesome. Oh, and Fresno. Yeah. Fresno needs a little more culture.
0: <laughs> and yeah, I think there's places all throughout California that could use that. I mean, you know, you have your hot spots that always get these kinds of things. Like San Francisco is overloaded with great mm-hmm. festivals. They have Outside Lands. They have, you know, the Bluegrass Festival that goes on. They have everything going on there. Um, Sacramento also has some great summertime concerts. The
1: Jazz Festival I've been to in Sacramento.
0: Yeah, you know Memorial Monterey Day weekend has yeah. great stuff, Santa Cruz. But you know, there's places in the valley specifically that and that's all up and down California that you know, they don't really get as much, you know.
1: Yep. Yep. There's there's your mission. Expand. Yes. The, val- the valley needs culture. That can be your mission. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. That would work. <laughs> so I always ask this of my guests, and you know, hopefully maybe you have an answer, but do you have a book that you could recommend to our listeners either about about music, about songwriting, about the music business, or even just about maybe self-improvement that you can recommend?
0: Um, oh, there's um, one book that had an impact on me was the story about Gloria Steinem. And and that story is she's a she's just amazing. Um, she didn't have the best. Of backgrounds and upbringings and I can definitely relate to that and she rose above that and even though she struggled in school she got through a really great school and then became a really great speaker and and a movement among women and so her biography that's one that I would read I cannot remember Mm -hmm. the name of it otherwise I'd say it but I'll look it up. Don't worry. And I remember watching
1: the biography on A&E of her and I was just like, oh man, I mean, her childhood was very difficult.
0: Yeah. And, and I mean, that's really inspiring to women because I think that there's a lot of women that as young girls, we we're at the mercy of our parents. And, you know, when you're in that kind of situation, you don't really see an out and you don't see that Mm -hmm. it's going to get better but it's inspiring to see that someone has been where you are and they were able to become a great person. And that's important for all of our girls out there to know that they can succeed, even if their life had been really hard in the beginning.
1: For sure. For sure. I love that message. So we are nearing the end of our time. I want to have you let people know how they can find out information on the festival, the best places to look for all that online and how they can find
0: out about your band. Uh, call box. Is that the name of it? (laughs) Yeah. My band is call box. Actually I have two bands. I have a children's music band, which is the silly string band. And that band comprises me and my daughters. And, uh, we just sing children's music. That's all we do. We specialize in children's music. And then call box is my personal. That's all my music. Um, We have a Facebook site, so you can go to, uh, you can look up Callbox on Facebook and find us there. We're on Reverb Nation, but I don't update that as often as I should. Um, But once I get my stuff recorded, then I'll definitely have stuff out all over the place. And um, the Silly String Band, we have a site on on Facebook, and that's pretty much the only place that you can find out information about our children's music band and then the festival you can find us on instagram uh women's music and on twitter and it's also women's music <laughs> and um and then you can also find us on facebook and that's northern california actually i think i just changed it to california women's music festival so you can find us under california women's music festival and then our website, which is www.northerncaliforniawomensmusicfestival.com. That's a lot to type. It is. It's a lot. <laughs> we'll type next...
1: it in Twitter. It'll come up. I mean, into, um, into Google. It'll be easier.
0: Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> you misspell so Facebook, one of those words, you're going to have the wrongs <laughs> together. So if you find us on Twitter... You can link directly to our website. If you find us on Facebook, it links you directly to our website. So everything's linked up. So if you find us in any one place, then you can hook up with our website. We update the website pretty regularly with uh, just information. And if you join our mailing our mailing list, uh, you you can definitely get some great offers. Um, we have little little gems that are out there for our mailing list people. Cool. Okay, guys, go out and get that. Um, and we're you are going to want to get those. Go campaign as well. So um, Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. I think there's like 24 days left and uh, we're at 24% funded. So now the big push is just to keep trying to get more. And really when I did the calculation, we didn't set it overly high. We set it at five 5,000. And so I calculated it at one time and if you know 250 people donated between 20 and 30 bucks we could easily reach our goal so it's really not that much no
1: it's not it's the power of crowdfunding <laughs>
0: yes definitely it seems
1: like you should be able to find that many people right
0: I would think so so I just keep sharing and sharing and sharings but if you see <laughs> that out there you know it doesn't take much That's like as much as going to see a movie or something. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Please go
1: support them. So thank you so much for this interview. I think it's really fascinating to find out how something like this goes from just an idea that you have while you're, um, you know, stuck in bed on bed rest. And it, you know, it eventually evolves into this huge thing that involves a lot of people. It's really inspiring people. It's growing your community and the positivity in your community. And I just want to thank you for doing that and obviously for doing that for my hometown.
0: Oh yeah, definitely. It's really neat to find out that that's your hometown. We'll have to talk about that some more. (laughs) For sure. Thanks a lot.
1: Now go out and make great music, connect with your fans and grow your business female entrepreneur musician has been brought to you by femusician.com and femalemusicianacademy.com with editing by jen eads of 317 sound design and music by stella ronson